Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. BGN's Instant Reaction Show. I am simply too excited to come up with anything creative to say to open the show, to you know talk about the week we've had and the Brock parties being talked about on ESPN and everything else that has gone every which direction. I don't even have it in me to formulate sentences almost at this point, but the Eagles have just beat the 49ers 31 to seven and are on their way back to their second Super Bowl in the last five years. I I am overjoyed. I stopped crying enough to be able to come up here and and do this show with you guys. I'm here as always with Shane Half as well as Rachelle behind the glass. Johnny Page is here with us today. Shane, just w- what are you feeling right now? What are you thinking? Your background's already changed and I love it. Wh- where is your mind at right now? My mind is in Arizona. Let's go. Um, no! Such a, such a, I, it feels like two games in a row, uh, the Eagles, we just, the second half, we haven't really cared because the games were over. And that's bizarre for a playoff run. Like, so bizarre. I, I like I, I like the later kickoffs because I have a hard time getting home, like, right in time for kickoff. But the, the downside of a 3 o'clock Eastern kickoff is that I got home and I sat here for an hour and a half and just let that nervous energy start to build. build. I just needed the game to start. And then, obviously, the game starts great. The fourth and three, the touchdown, and... And then it got a little stressful for a while, but the Eagles, I mean, they put this one away going into halftime and you don't stop playing the game, but as fans, we were able to take a deep breath and start thinking about the Super Bowl already. And that's just so insane that two weeks in a row in the playoffs, the game's been over at halftime. Yeah. And I think that it's really interesting sort of how it unfolded because you're right. I mean, opening drive, great textbook, everything you want to see from them to start. Um, same with the defense started out really strong everything you sort of wanted to see there Um, obviously you don't want to see injuries because that one you don't want to see someone get hurt period Um, two it's you know an obvious door opening for excuses right and that's the other part that you don't love to see but you are correct there was a little bit of time in there where they just couldn't seem to get anything going on offense once they finally got back to committing to running the ball they started to put the game away. And I thought that, you know, one of the biggest X factors in this game was going to be, it was going to come down to Jalen Hurts, right? Like all things, other things equal. The 49ers have an excess of weapons on the offense and a good offensive line. And they have a tremendous defense. The Eagles have a full arsenal of offensive weapons, a tremendous offensive line and a great defense. And the difference was going to be the quarterback position. So Jalen Hurts needed to play like the MVP he is. And I thought that they played a sound game. They didn't look great. And then there was that one drive at the end that was capped off with his touchdown run. He took a couple shots that I really didn't enjoy seeing. But 
He put his stamp on the game by putting his team on his back during that drive, taking them down there and putting that emphasis, you know, that exclamation point on the end of this performance to really seal their deal and seal their ticket to Arizona. Yeah, nobody has been better at generating turnovers, generating short fields this year than the 49ers. And the script flipped. The Eagles forced three turnovers. The offense was not humming today, but they didn't turn the ball over. They didn't put the ball in danger. And against a team like the 49ers, who has the turmoil at quarterback that I'm sure we'll get into, that's the biggest thing. Not giving up short fields, not not giving them any sort of momentum, making them earn it every step of the way. And I thought the Eagles did a really good job with that. Um, it, it was a rough game offensively, I thought. You were playing the best defense in the NFL. And so some of that's to be expected. And you look up and the Eagles still scored 31 points. So uh, I didn't think Hertz looked the best. I'm sure Johnny will have some talk on Hertz when he comes in here in a little bit. But I, I thought he didn't look comfortable in the pocket or really settled. And he was sailing some passes. You had an A.J. Brown drop. There were some uncharacteristic things, but they never turned the ball over. They never allowed those mistakes to snowball. And that's the biggest thing for this offense. They just don't allow that to happen. Yeah. And I think we talked last week about, you know, the best thing about, or, or, you know, we've, we've talked at length, I think this entire season is the only team that can beat the Philadelphia Eagles is the Philadelphia Eagles. That's, that's who has the best chance of beating this birds team is themselves. The penalties drops, you know, just making mistakes that are uncharacteristic for what we have seen from the team so far this season up to this point. Those are the things that are going to hurt them if there's anything that's going to hurt them. And what they didn't exactly, you just said it, what they didn't allow to do today, what they didn't allow to hurt them today, they didn't turn the ball over. They won the turnover battle, and that was obviously going to be huge with a, you know, a team like San Fran. Yeah, and penalties were huge as well. Uh, San Fran has 11 penalties for 81 yards. One of those touchdowns when it was still a really close game was basically gifted to the Eagles. There was like four penalties that drive on the 49ers that kept moving the sticks when the Eagles offense was struggling. And the Eagles didn't do that. They had four for 34 yards. So uh, in those margins, and also in the fourth down aggression, uh, going forward on fourth and three, that first drive, that's not a call that a lot of coaches would make, but Nick Sirianni made it. Made, made it. He made it, and it worked We're out. They so scored excited. a touchdown. We're just so excited. Grammar doesn't matter. Uh, going forward on fourth and one, and I know they're so good at QB sneaking, but they were on like their own 30, 35. I don't remember exactly where it was well away from midfield. Not a lot mm -hmm. of coaches would make that decision. Two aggressive fourth down calls by Sirianni and they both led to touchdowns. And I think the other, you know, X factor in terms of what was going to be important for the game today, one was going to be quarterback and the other was going to be coaching. And the Eagles simply outcoached the 49ers in all phases of the game. Their head coach outcoached Kyle Shanahan. Their offensive coordinator was, was superior today. And honestly, their defense was superior today. There was absolutely nothing the 49ers could do in any phase of the game that was better than the Philadelphia Eagles. I thought that, honestly, like I was very impressed today with Jonathan Gannon and even more so impressed. I think we just need to talk about it for a second. Um, Lane Johnson, who retore his groin muscle last week during the game and was just like, yeah, I just got to sort of tough it out. And completely, completely, completely neutralized Nick Bosa. Completely. Was a non-factor. Now, he did also get cleated 
by his teammate throwing a Philadelphia Eagle into his knee on the sideline, which probably didn't help at some point. But the Eagles were the, the Eagles coaches absolutely were superior to the 49ers coaching staff today. Yeah, I mean, maybe you shouldn't be throwing a guy down out of bounds after the whistle. That's just a thought for later, but maybe you don't just, do that. Yeah, there are a few things they probably shouldn't do after the whistle. But, you know, they can talk about that on their plane ride to Cancun. We'll talk about it on the plane ride. Yeah, just, I, I tweeted this, but just so we're clear, Hassan Reddick, who was not a finalist for Defensive Player of the Year, had two sacks, a tackle for a loss, and a forced fumble today, while Nick Bosa, who's going to win the award, made zero impact plays. And while we're talking about people that were snubbed, let's talk about Nick Sirianni, who was snubbed for Coach of the Year, right? Now has a 5-0 and record on the season against the three coaches that are finalists. So just continue snubbing the Eagles, continue playing dress-up with the Rocky statue. We're going to go to Arizona, and let's go win a Super Bowl. They never learn. They never learn. I don't understand. I think it's silly. I was actually, I was in Philly yesterday. I was in the city yesterday. We we're going to dinner and we drove, we came in through Kelly Drive. So came around the art museum and, oh, wait a minute. Neither of you are from around here. So you have no idea what I'm saying right now. Never okay. Anybody listening came down Kelly Drive and went through past the art museum and went down to get on the parkway that way. And, you know, there's this enormous crowd of, of 49ers fans everywhere. And, you know, I thought about rolling the window down. I was this close to rolling the window down and screaming. And then there were a bunch of 49ers fans that were just walking in front of my car. And I was just, I was like, just keep your foot on the brake. Don't, don't, don't. But there were a lot of 49ers fans just walking around the city like they owned the place yesterday. And it just, they never learn. Can I, can I get you to do me a favor this week? Obviously, Johnny and I aren't from Philly, but yes. I need you to do me a favor. Absolutely. I need you to go to the Rocky statue with either a Bengals or a Chiefs jersey, whoever we end up facing. And I need you to put it on the statue and take a picture and send it out on Twitter because that appears to be the winning formula. So I need some, you or some Eagles fan. I need that to happen this week and I need it to hit social media roughly like late in the week. This week or roughly or next week? Like Let's right do it like time. late in this week. So we've got a full yeah. week for it to, you know, end up on bulletin. Really get traction. Yeah. Okay, I can do that. We can handle that. Someone can get that done. We'll get that handled. Absolutely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Johnny, where, where is your head at? What, what are you thinking after that performance today? I mean, I have no real words. It's obviously excitement. It's just, it seems pretty incredible that we're going back so soon. Um, in terms of the game, it's one of those games where like you're watching it and you're like, is this really happening? Just the way the game went down, it was so hard to analyze. Like I thought it was Jalen Hurts' worst performance by a distance this year. I'm trying to think back and think like, was there one good passing play where like, oh, that was a nice concept. It was basically just check downs and missed go balls. Yet 
they just killed the 49ers defense. And I think you've said in some ways that game is perfect. I think the way the media are going to talk about this game is perfect because Philly love being underdogs. They love it. And all the story is going to be, whether you like it or not, is that Philly uh, only won because Purdy got injured and it wasn't a proper game. But forget everything about that for a second. And we'll talk about the defense, but forget the fact that they did actually knock out both the quarterbacks. It wasn't like they didn't go. It wasn't like they came into the game injured. They got hit uh, because Eagles defensive line was winning. But the Eagles offense scored 31 points on a really good defense, and it wasn't that hard. I think the Eagles just, you have to sort of take a step back as the way we play football is so different to the way the modern NFL is, where teams just throw it around the park with these unbelievable quarterbacks that can do ridiculous things. And it's just a different way of playing. It's very old school in some ways, but it's also very modern in the aggressiveness. They just like ran all over them. I mean, when you look at the numbers, the EPA numbers are incredible. San Fran is the best defense in the league by pretty much every metric. Like I was pretty scared. I must admit looking at the stats preview for this week, how good the defense was at everything. There's no, we're talking about weaknesses at like the outside corners. And when you look at them today and Ward's making like free pass breakups on go balls. And you're thinking, I thought this was the weakness of this team. There isn't really one. And the way the Eagles play, I've been thinking about this this week with the fact they go through it on fourth down so much and the fact they're basically on fourth and one and fourth and two, they're unstoppable. In very simple ways, those three downs need to get you eight yards. Like if the Eagles running game just averages three yards a run, good enough because they pretty much convert nearly every fourth and one or every fourth and two anyway. So it's such a different style of offense to what we're used to seeing. And I think that means people don't really judge it the same way. But, like, genuinely, I can't think. Was there a good pass play today? Was there, like, a great throwing catch? Okay, sorry, it was going to kill me. There was one, but it wasn't a catch. Like, he didn't catch the ball. And I, I love Devontae Smith as much as everyone. But the way he got up and sprinted back to the huddle, it was. I was sitting there thinking, oh, dear, he's not caught this ball. So, I mean, was there actually a good, like, pass play in structure like, oh, that's a nice concept, or, or what a route that was by eight. Like, was there one? Am I am I going mad? Not that I can think of. I mean, there were some good catches. Like, there was the one that hurts through under pressure from a free runner that Gainwell picked off the ground and got a first down. Like, that's not a good pass. I mean, it was a good – he knew that he was hot and he got the ball out, but I can't think of, like, a good There was another pass one. Um, it, it just Ray J. Brown, wasn't there? You reminded me in the, in the first drive when AJ Brown caught the ball off the ground. That was what the third, fourth play of the game might have been the third play, and that's the one that comes to mind, which was actually looked like the Eagles screwed up their blitz protection. A free rusher came at Hurts. He sort of threw a sort of weird pass off his back foot, and AJ Brown made a really good catch. and And that's what we're talking about. Like, that's not the way modern NFL teams win. Um, you, I mean, we're going to about to watch the Chiefs Bengals. I mean, well, I won't be obviously because it'll be about one a.m. But you guys will be, and you're probably going to see like ten throws from Patrick Mahomes that make you just go, "Oh my goodness, this guy can't move." And Joe Burrow is going to make about eight outside the number passes to Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, and the Eagles just don't need to do it. I mean, they can do it, and I think they're going to probably have to do it in the Super Bowl because who knows? I mean, maybe they can win this way. Maybe the running game is just that good, and the offensive line is that good they will literally just beat up teams on the ground because I think it's going to get hidden that they scored 31 points on that defense. And I don't really think they tried. I mean, if they had to push in the fourth quarter, they could have got another touchdown, I think, towards the end quite easily. I mean, they were done. They killed the 49ers defense. They, they completely lost their heads because they could not stop what the Eagles were doing. And that's the best defense they they would face. They're not going to face – like. 
neither the Bengals nor the Chiefs have a defense that's even close to what the 49ers do. So that's the difference maker. And you're absolutely right. Like they didn't try super, like it didn't look like it was a struggle for them to do what they were doing. Were there plays that they left out there and did they look like they had their best performance? No, but they still managed to put up 31 points. Like pretty, it it seemed like pretty easy by the end. And that's, I think the difference is they can just hurt you in so many different ways. Like again, Lane Johnson all but neutralized the guy who's going to win defensive player of the year on one leg, one leg. Like I can't even wrap my brain around it. Like they want to talk about like, Oh, the 49ers played with, you know, both hands tied behind their back, not just one. Okay. Literally Lane Johnson is on one leg and Nick Bosa was nowhere to be seen or heard from. So, you know, you, can we use the same logic there, please? Yeah, you talk about running the ball. The, the 49ers are second in rushing DVOA defensively, and they're second in success rate rushing defensively. Uh, the Bengals and Chiefs are 14th and 15th, respectively, in rushing DVOA. They're 9th and 14th in success rate. Like The Eagles will have a much better matchup for running the football against either of those teams and passing the ball for that matter. And that's what's so special about the Eagles team. And we talked about it during the year that if you face a team that's good at something, you just do the other thing. And not every team can do that. The Bengals don't have a running game that they can go to like the Eagles do if their passing game is off. The Chiefs don't have that. The Bills didn't have that. The 49ers don't have that. And so when you play a game like today, where one of the worst performances that Jalen Hurts has had this year, A.J. Brown dropping the ball. The, the passing offense was bad. And you just run for, what was it, uh, 150 yards and four touchdowns against the second-ranked rushing defense in the league, and you win 31-7 to in a blowout. Like Teams can't do that. Teams are not able to both run and pass as well as the Eagles are. And if one of them has a bad day, you just lean into the other, and it doesn't even matter. And that's what's so impressive about this team. And the thing I really like about EPA, because EPA confuses people, but it's basically just a, it's just another statistic, is that you can look at the Eagles running games there and go, oh, Kenneth Gangwell, 3.4 yards per carry. Miles Sanders, 3.8. Jalen Hurts, 3.5. Boston Scott, 3.5. Oh, I didn't run the ball very well. Under four yards a carry. But that's not really, it doesn't matter, because a three-yard run on fourth and two is really good. A four-yard run on third and three is really good. So it, it, you can't just look at statistics in, in that straightforward way. So if you look at EPA per play today, the Eagles rushing game was 0.15 EPA per play. That is higher than the Eagles offense average for the year. So the so the Eagles rushing game today averaged more EPA per play than the Eagles offense does per play this whole year. So that's absurd. That's against the number one best rushing team. And the 49ers, I haven't got the numbers in front of me, but their rush defense EPA going into the game, it was just absurdly, absurdly good. Like nobody runs on the 49ers. And they give up about 70 yards a game, if I recall, before this game. Um, it's just, they're just in, in, incredibly good, incredibly well coached. And um, you mentioned something at the start, Jess, that I think is so important about Hurts, is this team just does not turn the ball over very much. Even when they play badly, they don't take sacks. As I said earlier on, if you put it this way, if they're going to convert on four for one, they've got three plays and they need to get three yards each play. If you don't take sacks, if you don't go backwards, if you don't turn the ball over, the running backs don't fumble very often. I know they had a couple of fumbles in the Washington part of the season, but for the most part, 
we don't turn the ball over. And it's just very hard to stop because it's very hard to continually blow up rushing plays time and time and again when the offensive line are that good. Um, you mentioned Lane Johnson. I mean, Sam Ali would be a lot of teams' best offensive lineman. He just goes completely under the radar, but barely ever gets beat. And he's brilliant in the run game. Dickerson and Malata in the run game are absurd. And Jason Kelsey is just as good as it gets in space. The Eagles coaching staff know exactly what they're doing. The run game is just, it's so good. It is almost bizarre for us, I think, to get our head rounds. The fact that you can win a game like that against the best defense in the league, and it feels easy. It feels like they weren't really playing very well. But when you step back, it's like, oh, no, that's that's what they want to do. That's how they want to play. Yeah, I mean, I had confidence in them going into today. I didn't think they were going to blow them out the way they did. I actively was expecting like Brock Purdy to lose his entire mind. Like I thought, I thought he was going to be deer in the headlights. And I, I genuinely thought that like he was going to have a very huge, like welcome to the NFL couple moments today with the defensive line that was across from him because so many of them have been so good all season. Like it's not even just the Hassan Reddicks of the world. It's the fact that like Javon Hargrave had the year he had Brandon Graham still had the year he had given his age and injury and Fletcher Cox, even by the end of the year was playing back up to where we expect him to play. And, and Josh Sweat able to come back from that scary injury a couple weeks ago and still have an impact on the game. So all of these guys involved, like I really did think he was going to have like an oh shit moment standing there, just kind of looking like, uh oh, like not only are there 60,000 bloodthirsty fans who literally want your blood spilled on the field, there are these like rabid dogs in front of you that are just coming to wreak havoc on your life, which they literally did. You don't want to see, again, don't want to see anybody get hurt. But, you know, I was confident in the defense going into today and I was confident in the offense being able to put up points, but I did not expect that dominant of a performance, to be completely honest. Yeah, I, I was feeling confident about the game. I, I did think the 49ers might put up more points than they did. I, at the start of the week, I thought this would kind of be a slugfest. And as I looked more and more into the game and the matchups, I kind of thought you know, the Eagles' offensive strength is passing the ball downfield at the boundary. The 49ers, that's their defensive weakness. For the 49ers, their strength is throwing over the middle, and that's sort of the Eagles' weakness defensively so I thought we might see more points and maybe we do if if Purdy doesn't get injured I don't know uh, but the Eagles defense did what I thought you know what I thought they were capable of but I wasn't sure they were going to be able to pull that off and the Eagles offense it didn't look anything like I thought it would I thought they would be able to hit some of those plays downfield and they just didn't I mean A.J. Brown got behind Shavarius Ward on one and, and Hurts overthrew it. And that's a touchdown if it was on the money. And he usually puts that on the money, but he was just off a tick today. The others, they weren't there. The Devontae Smith deep ball, it wasn't there. Uh, the Quez Watkins deep ball, just that was supposed to be the vulnerability of this defense, and it just didn't work. But the Eagles pivoted, and like I said, the run game took over. When the pass game doesn't work, the run game took over and just put the game away. Yeah, and um, the thing about the Eagles' run game as well is, although Hurts didn't have a good game, and we've said it all year, but the mobility is just massive. 
Uh, that first touchdown, I think I tweeted, like, there was a couple of plays because Greg Olsen is brilliant. So I'm only going to repeat some stuff he says, to be honest, because a lot of you heard it. But Fred Warner's, like, sitting there just watching. <laughs> Fred Warner's just, he has no idea what's going on. And what I really liked about the Eagles, and you'll see this um, a lot when you watch back the game afterwards, is they kept running opposite two trips. They kept putting three wide receivers out on one side and then running opposite to it. And that's very easy to say, well, every team should do that then, like, duh. But... Every team hasn't got AJ Brown and Dallas Goddard for in trips. Dallas Goddard, who can legitimately break tackles. So if you've got just a random tight end out there, then the, the opposing team's going to go, right, let's stick our worst defender out in space. Who cares? But when you've got Dallas Goddard there and you've got AJ Brown there, who can break tackles as a defense, you just have to fear that. And I think modern defenses are still inclined to say, have a few running yards we're going to stop the pass. I think that is just how pretty much, I mean, we are built that way as a defense. That is how most smart NFL defensive thinkers think. So when the 49ers see trips, what do they do? They put Fred Warner over the side of trips because he's our best defender. We want Fred Warner on Dallas Goddard and AJ Brown's side, which means that the Eagles are just constantly running away from him. And it's so simple, but it's such a good job of coaching. It's such a good job of understanding what the team's weakness are. It's just really, really clever. And Shane, you mentioned the point. This game looked nothing like I thought it was. I was stunned we didn't use more 12 personnel. Um, they always had a reason for doing that. I spoke a lot about the game coming into it. I really thought we'd attack the numbers more. I really thought we'd see some under centre, like proper true old-fashioned, just run up the gut power. Outside, we didn't. It was basically just zone read, split zone, a little bit of pin pull in the second half to adjust. Um, but that was pretty much it. Um, I would love to know what happened from a passing point of view because it felt like every single throw was a check down. So whether the 49ers were just taking away everything downfield and sort of telling Hurts to do it, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing why. But that was not a game I thought I'd see. I did not think the Eagles would be able to dominate that much up front. Um, but there we go. I think this Eagles team have surpassed expectations, but I think they're just so talented. We say every year they've got so, every week even, they've got so many good players. When you have that many good players, it's no surprise that they're really, really good. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. The way oh, no, God. I was going to pull Rachelle in for some tweets, but you go. And okay. then we'll get, to, we'll get to see what – I wonder if we're firing anybody today. I'm just so excited to find out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, one of the things I pointed out during the week is I thought you would be able to hit those checkdowns because of the way they use Fred Warner so much to carry routes up the scene. Um, it creates a void underneath if, if you're willing to take that. And the Eagles were willing to take that early, I thought. They hit Kenny Gainwell for a few checkdowns underneath, and I thought that was a good counter. I, I was surprised just to never see any sort of downfield passing game uh, develop, but it, it is what it is. And uh, you can pull Rachel in here, and you mentioned firing somebody. I, I want to fire somebody. I want to fire. Let's fire Kyle Shanahan. He's supposed to be such a <laughs> genius. How. How about not trying to block Hassan Reddick with a backup tight end and getting your quarterback hurt? And then how about not leaving Hassan Reddick unblocked intentionally for him to get another sack like and hurt, and hurt your other quarterback? Kyle Shanahan, he gets he is a good coach. He's a good designer. He's just awful in game situations. It, it, like he went that fourth down he went for at the end. I made the joke like I didn't even know that Kyle Shanahan knew that was allowed for you to go for it on fourth down. Just and I, and I pointed out all week that the Eagles had a huge advantage in game management. But again, like Sirianni, 
fourth and fourth down first drive going for it. And then Devontae Smith jumps up and says to go tempo. And like Kyle Shanahan doesn't think, hey, I should throw a challenge flag. And, and then again, that fourth down QB sneak on like the wrong side of the 50. Like those little in-game things, they add up to be huge. And Shanahan's one of the worst in the league at that. And Sirianni's one of the best. Before I even get into the tweets, I just wanted to throw something out there. Shane, you were kind of running through like the missed opportunities. My mind is still blown because going into this game, I thought it was going to be hard fought battle to the very end, but it wasn't. They blew them, blew them out completely. But one of the bigger missed opportunities that we also saw, uh, Darius Slay. And I know like we've been talking about all, se- all season, more so like the later end of the season, like him just not being big play slay. And when he dropped that ball, which could have been a pick, that was like a huge opportunity. So I just got to, I had to add that to the list. You were kind of running down some of them. That was one that had to get mentioned. But I haven't seen any fire anybody. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Slay said in training camp that he thought he could be a thousand yard receiver. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say no on that one, maybe. Uh, you know, because... And I, the clips were hilarious in training camp, but like with Slay running routes and Devontae Smith trying to cover him, you know, Devontae Smith is going to be talking a lot of trash this week about that one in film sessions. Yeah, that was crazy. But I have not seen anybody mentioning fire anybody because, I mean, why Why would you? Um, but everybody's pretty much just on fire. On, on fire. I did see that one. On fire. Jonathan Gannon. I saw I saw unfire Jonathan Gannon. So yeah, that was a, that was one that's probably like at the top of the list for the best ones that I've seen today. But everybody else is pretty much talking about the Super Bowl bound Hassan Reddick kills and he deserves a lot of credit for his performance today, especially taking the snub from defensive player of the year and using that as motivation like he completely wrecked this game and so I'm so happy for him I saw the video that Jimmy Kemsky tweeted out and he's like running back to the locker room you could just tell that he's hyped because he deserves so much praise like he's definitely a, a underdog in that conversation and just sucked that he was snubbed um but we fear nobody third in my lifetime um Jalen Hurst MVP Super Bowl bound and then I saw Grease the Poles so yeah, that's what we're that's what we're working with today. I'm so excited. My brother lives on Broad Street. I was like, I need all of the content from tonight. You go have fun, be safe, but have fun. And I need all the content. I just got so I we didn't go to the game today with a three o'clock game with a baby. Just the logistics yeah. are too hard. But I did just get a video of my dad popping a bottle of champagne and spraying it all over the parking lot. So so the celebration is 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 alive we, and we well didn't even get in, a fire Brent right now. <laughs> tweet in there no because no. i may or may not have tweeted a three-round mock draft where i drafted four punters during this game oh man <laughs> yeah fire the fox cameras as well can't even get a clip of the ball hitting a wire like it, it, everything it, about what? the fox broadcast that's not greg olson is atrocious oh, how could you not like i mean surely all of, i'm not saying i know teams will fake it but every single player like being visibly animated and pointing to the camera and the ball spinning off in a different direction like what more do you really need like surely there's a replay we can get it's 2023 <laughs> come on that's just like the chains you would think- oh. while we're yeah while we're speaking about low tech can we talk about the chains again <laughs> this is the second playoff game in a row the eagles have had to bring out the backup chains like what are we doing measuring with chains still. Come on. 
You know how trash the Fox broadcast is when the when the literally 10 minutes before kickoff, they have a, a shot of Aaron Andrews standing next to the lineup of all the guys under. So they're sitting nice and comfy at a table undercover. Next, and Aaron Andrews is literally standing next to that booth holding her own umbrella. And I'm like, see, this right here is the epitome of the problem. Like, Right here, you can't make room for her under the I'm, under the cover. I'm gonna go find that picture, there, really? and I'm gonna make it a meme about Nick Sirianni standing out there holding his own umbrella while they award Coach of the Year to somebody else. Good, that would go up. There you go. Amazing, amazing. I have no words. I'm so excited. I'm so happy. I'm so excited. I like. I weirdly had co- a lot of confidence going into today, but. I think that's I'm just hilarious. getting distracted by all the pictures on the feed right now, like seeing them with their conference championship like t-shirts. I'm just getting distracted. I'm just so happy for them. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> and I felt this too, but I have never seen Eagles fans more confident that they were gonna not just win, but dominate such a key game. And these are the same fans that in like week five playing the Houston Texans are like, this could be a trap game. Like we're such a we're such like a high and low fan base. It's like, we're going to, we're going to dominate the best defense in the NFL in the NFC title game, but, but we might lose to the Houston Texans who are going to pick first in the draft. Then they didn't, but it's just so funny to me that everyone was so confident after all season, everybody was worried about trap games all the time. Yeah, my timeline was just so confident this week. Like I'm, I was like, I'm sure all of us, I'm just naturally a pessimist. So it was difficult for me to be too optimistic, but it is the most sort of, upbeat I think I've ever seen Philly fans online as you said it's weird I think we spoke about it a little bit but the coaching staff everything it's just very very good I think Gannon's got a lot of hate but they clearly timed up a lot defensively and he will be missed um where I, I, I if he goes if he doesn't then fair enough we'll keep the we'll keep the gang back together for another another run next year but they're just they're, everyone seems very good like Sirianni deserves so much credit and everyone's favorite Harry Roseman is now going down as an Eagles legend again because <laughs> you look at the 22 players on that field and the team he's built like Reed Blankenship comes in at the end and smashes Debo Samuel <laughs> I'm like, he's a UDFA like wh- what is going on like he's one of the best backups I mean arguably might well be playing to be honest but like that's the level of talent we've got and they've picked up so many good players but Sirianni I'm like you said um Rochelle looking after the game I'm so looking forward to all the videos of him all the locker room speech he just seems like such a good guy and such a a Philly guy as well and that hiring process was frowned upon by so many probably including myself if you go back and check the tweets I'm sure but they got it they got, I mean, they got slightly lucky because he wasn't their first choice, uh, but they got they got the guy that fits everything they want to do. I think everything about the coaching staff, the players, it just fits Philly. Like the culture's perfect. I don't know if you saw um, Jordy Gardner Johnson seems to be very emotional at the end, and Sirianni sort of was had his arm around him, and it just feels like such a, a perfect blend um, of players and coaches. As you said, the Eagles fans just love this team. Like there's so little complaining. Obviously, there is during the game because that's that's life. It's Twitter. But everyone was so confident. And you look at the 49ers numbers before the game and you're thinking, and this is not going to be easy. And the Eagles have played some easy teams. And the Giants aren't very good. But no, this team's just, it's just awesome. And just, yeah, uh, one more game. One more game. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson low-key had my favorite moment in the game. Uh, after the Josh Johnson fumbled snap, 
when there was like the big pile up and, and the pile yeah. up has happened and the officials are trying to clear it for like 20 seconds. And then out of the corner of the screen, Chauncey Gardner Johnson comes and like slides into the back of the pile. Yeah. I, I told my wife, I was like, that's like the guy in a group project that does none of the work. And then he shows up in a suit and tie for the presentation. Like I, I got a good laugh out of that. And it was a stressful and moment nobody... still at that point. So I got a good chuckle out of that. <laughs> I saw that. That was hilarious. And, uh, the Eagles have the 10th overall pick in the NFL. Thank draft you. Well, Mickey while Loomis. We're, while we're here. Just, just, just while we're here. Well, I, I have no more words. I don't know what else to say. The Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. And we've got we've got one more as our as our king and leader Jalen Hurts said we've got one more we've got one more this is the happiest I think I've ever seen Jalen Hurts. Um, thank you for jumping in with us after this chaotic day and this chaotic wonderful season so far. We've had so much fun. Thank you as always for commenting. Yes, and grease the polls, of course. Thank you for jumping in with us. Thank you for commenting. Thank you for interacting with us while we're here. Thank you for all of your tweets as well that didn't fire anybody except for, as Shane said, we can fire Kyle Shanahan because he has nothing to do with us right and now Brent at the Kern, moment. Brent Kern. But thank you again. I mean, throw Jonathan Gannon. Yeah, I, I can't believe Jonathan Gannon allowed a seventh round rookie quarterback to complete 100% of his passes in this game. A 90 QB rating? Come on, what are we doing here? Absolutely. Ter- terrible. You know what? I think no other team should hire him as their head coach because that's ju- you can't allow that in the NFC Championship. That's just me, though. But thank you again. Make sure you're subscribed everywhere on BGN Radio to get all of the podcasts and everything coming at you this week. I'm sure there and next week. God, there's going to be lots and lots of stuff coming out. So for myself, Shane, Johnny, Rachel, thank you so much again for joining us. Go Birds, and we will see you in Arizona. Go Birds.